When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to AFL Nation. Gary Rowan wins it after the siren with a dead eye shot. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Ball to Springer, the magic man. He's done it again. Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He sets the chance to get through. Bontempelli! Simply the bots! Gives it to Gord. Willie from 55. He will. He can. He does. He gave it to Dusty. Martin. Goal. Tigers in front. At the final bell, it's a grand new flag. 57 years of torment eased. And a curse lifted. Melbourne Premiers in 2021. AFL Nation. We're at Marvel Stadium for Good Friday football. Five years on after North Melbourne created and played in the inaugural clash back in 2017. Twelve months on, the Kangaroos don't want to be looking in the rear vision mirror of the horror loss of that 20-goal defeat to the Western Bulldogs as they look to cement their place in this standalone clash. Their opponent today, last year's runner-up, the Western Bulldogs, as we know, are just going. Can today really start to launch their season? Hello and welcome to AFL Nation for the Good Friday Super Clash for Sports Power. Get the latest Puma boots in store at sportspower.now. Under the roof at Marvel Stadium. Brett Phillips leading the team this afternoon. What a team it is, I've got to say, for what is an important game, certainly for both clubs. But the Bulldogs, if they are going to try and replicate last season and be at the pointy end, a must in the W column for them today. Dwayne Russell's alongside me in commentary. Great to see you, Dwayne. Great to be with you, Brett. And uh, we've got a Brownlow medalist and a 300 gamer, so you better get to them first. Oh, no doubt. Me. It's uh, supreme in the uh, back row, Jared Healy, Nathan Jones. Great to uh, chat to you guys and have you part of the coverage. Good to have you on board as the uh, team leader today, Brett. Um, it's a big uh, shoes to fill. Uh, Hutto's been filling your shoes for uh, a fair period of time. <laughs> yeah, today. He's exactly doing an okay right. job. Glad you good to see that, the Jared. number one back. <laughs> Glad you acknowledged that, Jared. It's only taken 20 years. What are we expecting uh, this afternoon as we uh, come in here? The crowd, we hope, will build over the next uh, hour or so. But uh, North, I mean, you would think 12 months on, Jared, they're going to be a hell of a lot better than that 20-goal loss. And they did... Uh, in their second outing yep. in the second half of last year really pushed uh, the dogs have had one horror day in the first four rounds this year they bounced back last week super competitive could have almost stolen that game against Sydney so surely we're not expecting last year to be uh, replicated today I hope not for, for the kangaroos sake they're going through a rebuild they're always difficult uh, for someone who's been through a rebuild I know Jonesy's uh, lived in a rebuild for uh, way too long it's tough times, but what we saw last week against the Swans were a group that were embarrassed by their previous week, where against Brisbane Lions they just didn't turn up, and they were uh, scolded by the coach publicly. They were scolded, no doubt, uh, internally, and they would have scolded themselves. I mean, most people are their own hardest markers. So I expect them to bring that new form. 
hopefully Zeebel can go forward, kick some goals as well. But, you know, the, the opposition are under the pump as well because they haven't been too flash either. Let's go inside before I get some thoughts from you, uh, Nathan, because uh, Rowan Smith is standing by for us just near the huddle for the Western Bulldogs and what is a really big game for them. Uh, Rowan, great to have you part of AFL Nation. Hey, Brad, how are you going, guys? We're going well. I mean, the guys have got plenty of questions and to pull this apart, but... You know, I did the game last Saturday night and you had Keith out of the team, you had Zane Cordy out of the team. I mean, you get one of them back uh, today, which is nice. Yeah, it's always good to, you know, get a little bit of tall representation back in your team, um, which is great. So Zane comes back in today, so just gives it a little bit more stability. Smithy, you walked into the room. You're a great uh, football judge. Did you sense it? Did you feel as if the boys are ready to turn it on today? Because there's been a lot go on. I mean, accuracy has been uh, an issue, but, uh, I mean, you're taking shots from tough positions more yeah. so than missing easy goals. Your midfield needs to lift. Do you, do you feel like there's a statement game coming from your lads today? Yeah, Jared, and it started really last Saturday night. Um, you know, we, talk, we spoke about it. We sat in a circle after the game, and you know, really flushed out a few things, and, and a lot of things are actually going right while we're playing. And, yep. and you mentioned it, you know, um, the inaccuracy, and, and uh, we don't want to sort of go on about it, but it is a big thing in footy. What do, they, uh, what do they say? Bad kicking's bad football. So, you know, we, we haven't really addressed it, to be honest. And Bevo uh, talked about it during the week because we don't want it to become, you know, that little man on the shoulder exactly, you know, with the players, um, you know, when they're having a shot. But I'd rather be having the shots than not having the shots. We've just got to kick them straight. But you mentioned it before about, you know, we're having our shots wide and long. Yeah. We've got to look for better shots. And that was one thing that we really addressed during the week. That's the interesting element of this accuracy. You know, speaking to uh, Daniel Horn at Champion Data, he's says ultimately you're only a couple of percent behind where your expected uh, return should be so it's not so yeah. much the inaccuracy you're going about competition average at the present time but you've got to somehow find a way to get it more in that uh, high percentage area yeah exactly and you know i spoke to you before this the sydney game um yeah you know, a couple of weeks yeah. ago and and really like i mean the game could have been over a quarter time yeah um and yeah we kept sydney who were you know, playing some outstanding footy. We kept into one goal three and a half. And so defensively, we've been playing really well. We just couldn't capitalise on the scoreboard. Um, so, yeah, we, we have, have have addressed it, but have, it hasn't been like a, uh, a real drill into our players' minds. Smithy, one of the real positives has been the former Tim English. Yeah. Can you sort of shed some light on his development, particularly in the last probably six months? Yeah, Jonesy, you're spot on, mate. Um, you know, something that you know, Timmy had sort of gone to Bevo with, you know, during the off-season after the grand final last year. And and he said, yeah, he's, I, I really want to be the number one ruckman of this club. And um, he really you know, worked on his game over the over the pre-season. He, uh, he had a little bit of a lengthy, lengthy spell um, after the grand final. He basically stayed in Perth for, for a little bit and worked on his golf game but I'm sure he worked on his ruck craft as well so um, he came back after after Christmas um, and he hasn't really put a foot wrong um, to be totally honest he's probably been a little uh, maybe against Carlton that first half he was re really disappointed in the way that he you know he's he was rucking to our mids but after half time after that game in the last couple of weeks he's been outstanding for us mate which makes it more baffling the contested possession numbers that your uh, midfield aren't getting mm. Bubba, uh, I mean, yeah. if you compare round four this year to round four in 2022, at this stage in 2021, you are plus 90 contested possessions. Yeah. At the present time, you're minus 34 if you add up all the uh, differentials. 
probably the only time that the guys really got to work was against the Swans. Yeah, and, and Jared, like, I mean, again, as I mentioned before to you, I, I spoke to you about that, yep. that specific thing before the, the start of the game, and it is a focus for our mids. It is an indication of how we're going and how our hunt is, um, and that has been a real factor, I think. You know, rounds one and two, we were obliterated in that in that um, contested ball situation. So um, it is something that the boys are working on, turning it around. They know that it is their one word. Um, once they get that contest right, that hunt, the pressure inside, um, everything else will flow on from that. So um, they are working on it, mate, and they are turning it around. You are the master defensive coach. <laughs> Who goes to Zeeble? Because you cut off the head, yeah. you get the kill. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. Like, I mean, as an assistant coach, you watch a lot of footy. And, you know, I was watching their games last week. And, you know, you know against Brisbane, he'd been playing back. And they threw him forward obviously last week against Sydney and he was an old school full forward last week yep. I'm not too sure if you saw the game but um, mm. you know he's two kicks away from the from the stoppage um, and he plays he's a beautiful kick um, you don't want to give him any space and, and room right in front of goals because he'll, he'll nail them every single time so you know as one of our smalls will play on him yeah, come you, know, on. you can do better than that you are the master give us a name Oh look, look! All of our players, you know how we play, mate. We yeah. play, we play a little bit of a zone. But Bailey Williams will probably go to him okay. um, for the majority of time. Um, but it can rotate through. Um, yep. You know, Taylor Duray can pick him up. Um, you know, Bailey Dale could could go through him. Yeah, even like T- uh, Timmy O'Brien, who's a, a great intercept mark, and we showed you know bringing him last last week. Um, what he can do. So um, there'll be a few players ro- rotate through him, but um, we certainly got to be on our uh, medal today to uh, to take his influence away from the game. What, what areas are you going to really attack north? Where, where are you thinking, after what you've seen the first month, what have you got to break down to, to get over the line? Oh, James, I think it's just the pressure, mate. Um, to be honest, like, if we can get the, uh, the pressure right inside and get the ball going our way, we want to lock the footy in our half for the majority of the game, and, and that's something that we've really spoken about. We've probably, um, you know, we addressed the last couple of weeks, we sort of haven't been, um, we've been giving clubs uh, an easy outlet Um, So once the ball goes inside our 50, our forwards are putting pressure on, but we're actually giving them too too much space, and they were able to find that mark and then clear the ball out of our forward 50. So that's something that we're really focused on today. So if we can put their defenders under the pump, make them dump it out, we can set up behind the football, win the footy back, and give give our forwards another shot at goal, that's something we're really concentrating on today. Whole competition's interested in the form of Eugle Hagen. He had uh, a couple of good looks and uh, he had a pretty quiet one last week. You've named him yeah. on the bench, which is really just a starting position. Yeah. What what's goes uh, through the coach's mind uh, when he's having a quiet one? How do you get him back up? Yeah, well, that's yeah, it's a little bit of an art, isn't it, Jared? And and I suppose um, with young players, they're going to have fluctuations in games and they're going to have fluctuations in weeks. Um, he had a really good game uh, against Sydney. We have we have this like a little bit of a pressure sort of player during the week. And um, and one thing that the the boys were saying about his game against Sydney was, you know, the second, third, fourth effort, so the contest and then ground level as well pressure. Um, and he just sort of went away from that a little bit last week. So um, it is a mindset thing. It's just a re-trigger, um, give, keep him focused. Yep. But you just got to keep talking to him and, and keep positive, um, basically, and say, mate, you, you're playing AFL footy. We're, we're playing your game. Like, I mean, you just got to go out there, be yourself, um, show your talent. Um, that's what we, we really want him to do, play on instinct. Rowan, uh, I'll let you get inside. Good luck uh, to you and the team today. Thanks, guys. Have a great call today, boys. Rowan Smith inside. The Bulldogs uh, camp. Remember, you can get involved all weekend on the Southern Phone. Uh, open line, switch and save with uh, Southern Phone.
mobile plans. And uh, for those who might be making their way to the government, watch the first half of the VFL out at Arden Street today. North Melbourne uh, got over the top of the Bulldogs by a kick, but good to see uh, Jared and Nathan. Jed Anderson back yep. at the 23 today, played a lot of those centre bounces, and Will Phillips is the other one. So, Well, he's had the glandular fever, uh, I yeah. think, Will Phillips. So there are a couple of big, um, big names, contested ball players, Jonesy, out of the side. But I just want to make a point, if I can, on uh, Rowan Smith. He... He's been around footy for a long, long time. He's one of the most effervescent guys I've uh, ever met in footy. He's one of the best people I've met in footy, and the dogs are the dogs are just uh, so lucky to have him as one of their absolute legends, still coaching at the club. Yeah, absolutely. I was so uh, impressed with his interview then, how yep. co- kind of candid he was. He just gave us so much uh, information. That was a real treat to hear how they've reviewed and responded from their probably inconsistent start to the year. Don't be, don't, he doesn't give that much information normally. He knows Jared that well, that uh, he kind of has to give the information <laughs> because Jared already knows it. He could give it to oh, us anyway. Oh, it's a bit harsh, Dwayne. You have been chatting to him over the course of well, we did We did uh, ring him on the way in and uh, threaten him. With <laughs> Give us this. Can he be a senior coach one day? There's oh, a whole new crop coming through, isn't there? Ash Hansen. Yeah, it's a good could point. be a senior coach. There's Guys like uh, Corey Enright, there's a few yep. new age guys coming through now. There's a bloke coaching Frio right now um, who, the West Coast Eagles, as in not as assistant coach, yep. uh, Jamie Graham, who the Eagles think is, they're staggered he hasn't been picked up right now. They just think he's just a coach mm. ready to go mm. and it uh, doesn't surprise that I think he'll get the job. I think he's probably just about first cab off the rank, but there is a bit of a you know, a hidden away factor over here. But Rowan, you asked me, could he be assistant, uh, a senior coach? I hope he doesn't. He's too good a bloke <laughs> to be a senior coach. <laughs> and his, his hair's too good. And, That's uh, right. Those yeah. patent leather shoes that he was wearing for this interview, by the way, look spectacular. You could, you could uh, do your makeup in them. No doubt. But it's interesting, isn't it, just to, just to break down the Bulldogs yeah. because we know they're going to possess the ball a hell of a lot and everyone does focus on... The amount of behinds, I think they're, uh, I'm just trying to think of their 19 last week, they're a stack of you know, rush behinds mm. amongst that. So just trying to analyse how they're actually tracking because they could turn it on today and turn their season around pretty quickly. So they're not that far off, but they are sort of, obviously, clearly, uh, not where they were last year. Well, I think the stat you unearthed around the midfield, uh, like my gut feel is there's a connection there between then the quality of shot that they're getting. Yeah. So rather than having to generate scores from behind centre or carry the ball yep. the length of the field to create a scoring opportunity, if they're winning those contested um, situations, whether that be a stoppage or a contest on the wing and they go back and more direct, yep. they're, they're able to create scoring opportunities from much more dangerous positions. So it'll be interesting how much they rectify that mm. and whether or not that results in... In a better score. Well, one of the better, one of the best places to generate quick ball movement is from a stoppage. You look at the Giants; they go so slow, except when they're getting it out of the stoppage. And uh, it's if you're a forward, stoppage is the best. Centre bounce clearance is the best because you only have to defeat your own man. Whereas if it's coming uh, slowly out of defence, and the dogs don't go too slowly, they do slide the ball forward if they get an opportunity. You, you know, you can end up with uh, a packed back line like the Giants have been dealing with for the last two years. Mm. Nathan, on the other side, I mean, you, you've been part of teams that, you know, have been trying to strive to be better. And here's North Melbourne. So they had one blowout a couple of weeks ago. The response was pretty good last week. And the coach goes back to a little bit of old-fashioned sort of, OK, let's, uh, you know, almost the mouth guards in a training sort of thing. And now it's the, the challenge of just trying to keep that as the standard. Yeah, absolutely. That would... that. that 
word is the key, really. That's what I've written down here, benchmark. Like, I think they've, they've had to go through the journey and experiences they have with the loss and the response. Yep. But now it's like, well, like for me, I look at it and I go, is it system? No, not necessarily because they've been in and out. I think more, it's more consistency of effort. And when you're embarrassed, it's easy to generate the fire inside for a response. Uh, I think now, can they do that again and go on with it? Like I think, like I look across their team list. I watched them play last week. I think they're genuinely got something um, to deliver. Like there's a lot of experienced players that have played a lot of um, you know quality AFL footy. They made a couple of tinkerings as far as a system positional point of view last week, but ultimately it was it's a drastic step up in intensity and want and will to just compete. And then they almost pinch a result so for me it's like we bring that again and again and again and I'm sure that's what the coaching group would be addressing internally I reckon when you look at the kangaroos they need they've got really good talent we know that below 25 years of age they've shipped out a lot of senior players what they absolutely and they're missing a couple of senior players it's got to be said but what they really need and I don't think they've been getting it as much as they should be they need A grade efforts out of their top six senior players and last week they got McDonald back to his best. They got Zeeball clearly back to his best. Goldstein's, you know, he's going okay, but he's not, he's not dominating. And, you know, Goldstein, for them to win, has got to dominate. So he's up for a, a big challenge. McKay's come back into the side. Their back line all of a sudden looks pretty stable. Aiden Cor's a good player. McKay's uh, starting to really become a serious senior defender. Walker's still going okay. They moved Young back there last week. Bailey Scott, I'm not sure. It's an experiment across the half-back line. Aiden, uh, Aaron Hall, I mean, he's a good player with the ball. I mean, he's been around for a long, long time. So, I mean, if you're going to build from defence, they've got a couple of bricks in place right there. Absolutely. And I have even more names. You know, you've mentioned uh, McDonald, but Simpkin, Greenwood, uh, Hall you mentioned, Zebel you mentioned, Stevenson. They've got plenty of good players that have played good footy and I totally agree with you for them to take the next step as a club on a rebuild the reliance on those guys to give consistent performance week after week after week to allow the talent and these younger guys to learn and grow underneath them that's the only way they'll progress quickly if they get inconsistency with that too much pressure falls down onto these guys that just don't have the capability to deal with it and they'll continue to be inconsistent. And then the trouble with that is they'll be challenged, they'll face big losses, it tarnishes or hurts their belief internally, and you just you can never incrementally you know, climb back up that ladder of, of, uh, of performance. So do we like the move of Zeeble now, which it's, reading between the lines, it feels like he's going to maybe stay forward now for a period. So he, he starts this week, he'll stay forward this week at least. Yeah, so he starts as a... a Great midfielder, young midfielder coming through, goes back into defence, designated kicker and been that real general, and now he goes forward. He looks so comfortable just coming out of the goal square last week. Do we do we sort of like that as part of I the, love the it. Evolu- I, I, evolution of North Melbourne? I, I'm not sure he's, a, he's as strong in the defensive department as people think he is. I, you know, I see him sometimes exploited. I know he's, he's a lovely long kick. Whether or not he hits enough targets, we'd have to check uh, champion data. But up in the forward line, he goes back to his absolute uh, strength. I mean, he's big enough to play as, you know, a ground ball winning bloke who's capable on the lead coming out of the goal square. He kicks generally really accurately at goal. 
So last week it was just, you had this bloke, if you're under pressure, just get it towards him. I mean, if you're on the lead, fantastic. He marks. He, he had a day out. He kicked 5-1, I think, which is great. Um, and it's, you know, you want leadership. You can get it. If your captain's kicking goals, you feel better about the whole thing. If you if you can go forward into the middle and you've got Larky and Goldstein, who I think should play a lot more forward in the uh, a lot more footy in the goal square, and Zebel, there's there's three pretty talented players that you can build your forward line. And the bloke who stood out to me, and I think he will be, be the next captain of this footy club, is Jai Simpkin. Last week, from day from minute one, you could see Dwayne the pressure. They were at it, at it, at it. Their pressure rating post-clearance was enormous. It was about double what it was the previous week against Brisbane. And then the likes of Horn Francis, who's a young general already, he's already up for the fight. He just wants to see, OK, that's the standard. I'll come with you. LDU, he's learning the standard, getting better. Marnie's good. Greenwood's just a battler, so uh, he's going to come for the ride if uh, everyone else is. And Stevenson, well, he was out of the side. He, he fluctuates between really good and uh, really average. So his average has got to go up. And if he does, he's got the talent to do it. They've got themselves a really potent midfield coming through. Yeah, I think you and Jonesy hit the nail on the head. The great players over the course of time play well just about every week. I mean, the great players have two good, two bad games a year mm. just about. So you, a Stevenson, if you want to be a great player, he doesn't have to kick five. He doesn't have to win a Brownlow. He doesn't have to win a best and fairest. But if you bring consistency of effort and you're always pretty good, then that elevates your level. And I think that's where, you know, Jared and Jones, their own form, you know, their own careers. We see that with all of the big stars in the competition. There's a lot of guys running around who, you know, don't win Brownlow medals or best and fairest, but every week they're good. And that's what makes a good team good because you can, Melbourne can have two guys who have that one week or two weeks of the year off and still win the game because the rest of the guys are consistently good. So if North Melbourne can get their okay guys, consistently better. If Stevenson can find a level that he doesn't drop below, then they're a different team. No doubt. You both have mentioned uh, Jai Simkin. He's spoken about it uh, during the week and whether he does end up as the next North Melbourne captain. But I think as a, as a midfielder who you know, is continually learning your craft and your role and, and obviously you know, the art of um, probably being a, a really good midfielder as time has evolved has been able to go forward and actually have impact on the scoreboard. He's talked about you know, gaining more metres and tucking the ball under the arm rather than just being a bit more damaging. Just talk, can you try and talk through that as you sort of evolve as a midfielder? Yeah, look, I think early days he's trying to pick up the speed and, you know, uh, I guess learn the level, get a feel for the level. But now he looks so comfortable in there as a midfielder. Now he's obviously trying to elevate himself, which absolutely should be. He's got, and listening to him talk, he's got the hunger to be an elite player of the competition. He's always sort of shown that. You can see it with the way he plays. Like, it, it'd be very w rare that you question his effort and yep. his intensity. It reminds me a lot of a young Jack Viney. Like, yep. if I was to say North are a rebuilding side like what I experienced, he sort of comes in. He's brash and tough and hard. And now he's just looking to add strings to his boat. And the better he gets, the more attention teams are going to play uh, pay to him, so he's going to have to find ways of still being able to influence and impact the game. So there's this tension in football right now, and I think the tension the, the smart players, the smart midfielders are working it out that to get better it's not just a matter of getting more numbers, and Lockie Neal is the classic case. For three years now post-Brownlow medal, Lockie Neal or pre-Brownlow medal in reality Lockie Neal has been trying to get forward and 
do more damage because that's where the yeah. damage is done. And that's where Jai Simkin, if he's talking about getting forward, mm. that's how you become a better player because you do more damage. You can get a 1,000 kicks and, and you know, be an interceptor, sorry, be a, a conduit from the back after the wing. But, you know, I mean, anybody can do that. But can you get the ball north of the centre line and ping it, make a decision in traffic, finding space, drag a bloke forward, do what Collingwood couldn't do last night, and that is add polish to the game forward of the centre because that is where the true stars of the game impact from a midfield perspective. And Collingwood's got a couple of guys whose level has dropped. I mean, Sidebottom's level was once upon a time that yep. consistent 20 of your 22 games, you got a really good consistent effort out of Sidebottom. He's dropped to that level now where... You know, he's had a great career. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying he's not been a superstar of the game, but... He's a bit flat at the moment. He is, and he's dropping his level below where he would want it to be. And all of a sudden, if you have you know, seven or eight guys in your team that drop below that level, then you are in trouble because there were a couple of positions last night where, you know, they were decisive moments in a game where if they had a key guy like a Lockie Neal that was able to do the, the polishing off or the completion of the clean hands, give the handball, then they would have won that game last night. I mean, they went really close. Yeah, they did. There was this key moment. Taylor Adams, I mean, there's not many bit more blokes I appreciate in footy than Taylor Adams. He's a terrific player. Turns up every week. But he was running hard, unchallenged, bit of pressure from behind, but he had the bloke covered into the forward line. They were a couple of goals down. And he kicks the ball long. He just didn't hit a target, didn't really go to anywhere in, in, to their advantage. He wasn't aided and abetted by the forwards. They all started running north instead of coming up the ground, etc. So, in the end, it was a hack kick. And it's this added little bit of polish that the Pies found uh, were lacking last night. They, they, would, they, would have it, they would have it, though. If they had Joe Danaher or Charlie Cameron in a one-on-one, your confidence level is to being able to put it on maybe, you know, advantage side of those guys rises because you've got something to kick to. If Collingwood had... I mean, Kruger's trying hard, but Mason Cox hasn't quite been able to get it going. They don't but have that still, guy yet. Under that pressure, uh, uh, you know, Taylor to become should a, have a better target, player. Well, he should have just held the ball. Yeah. yeah. Or he should have yeah, bounced the ball, the ball, taken the grass. Yeah, it's okay. an underrated thing hanging onto the ball. We'll pull that apart uh, after the break. A bit more about last night. The Honda Staria load is the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van who receives a five-star rating and uh, platinum awards for safety from ANCAP. And now it's yours from 47 990 drive away. Take a tech drive today. North Melbourne, the Bulldogs. Good Friday, not far away. Listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Is Good Friday football coming your way inside and now? North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs this afternoon. Both teams at 1 and 3. Eddie Ford, of course, back in the North Melbourne lineup for the injured Cam Zerhar. Zane Cordy in defence, as we spoke to Rowan Smith about. Roly Garcia. It's an opportunity today for Vandermeer and injured Butler omitted and what the VFL told us earlier today that Mitch Wallace will be the sub again for the Bulldogs and Tom Powell uh, for the Kangaroos. Of course, the 2022 Anzac Day Challenge is an annual game of footy played between the Australian Defence Force uh, All-Stars and the Aces, Australian Combined Emerging Services. Aces is a team made up of the best police, fire and ambulance footballers from around Australia. It's an all-Australian team. The match has a 16-game history. ADF All-Stars leading 9-7. Unfortunately, due to COVID-19, the game wasn't played in 2020 and 2021. The game will be played at Adelaide Oval Saturday, April 23 at 
10 past one as a curtain raiser to the Port Adelaide West Coast match uh, on the Anzac Day weekend. So get to the game early and certainly support. Brett Phillips, Dwayne Russell, Nathan Jones, Jared Healy, your team for Good Friday football. We just started to, we had a little chat, in fact, during the break about last night, I suppose, just some reflections on, on Brisbane and also uh, also Collingwood. And he, I suppose they're building it back to being the sort of gabatoire again. Uh, Jared, I mean, they held off uh, Collingwood last night who came back in that last quarter, but they're sort of creating that fortress again and you would think there's more upside for Brisbane. I mean, it's certainly round four. You're not absolutely yeah. going at, you know, full cylinders. I, I just like the improvement that I'm seeing in individuals. The, the bloke who I think has improved the most is Joe Danaher. I, I reckon his first two weeks he kicked goals, but he wasn't doing anywhere near enough defensively. He's, he was he was just very much just a, you know, marked target. And his game last week, Jonesy, down in Geelong, it was the best game I've seen him play. And last night I thought it just looked like another build on that. Another block has gone in. And it just seems that Joe has, it's just, it's just you know, he's found his, his way again. And I think he, I think the coach has handled him really well. He's focused on positives the whole way through, and you know Joe may just have an upside that allows him to take the next level. Joe has played his ten years of footy. He made an All Australian side in 2017 from memory, and right now he's the number one rated forward in the game. But it's his defensive stuff and his pressure stuff that is, I think, giving him confidence. And his goal kicking's gone through the roof. He was 46 percent last year, missed as many as he kicked. This year he's running at 65% and uh, he just looks a much, much better player. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I've seen him play a couple of times and he does look like a different player, doesn't he? He's um, He's got a confidence and aura about him and it's coming off the back of not the glamorous things. Like, he's getting the reward for effort with the goals. Yep. But it's his ability to make contests in the air, follow up at ground level, lay tackles, put pressure on, set up defensively and intercept as they're trying to go on the way out. Like it, he's, And his ability to get up the ground from what I've seen and then get back. And obviously they're, they're a power side and now he's getting reward for effort with that. Yeah, I think Hugh McClug is just going better. Yep. Certainly he's kicking better. Uh, Marcus Adams, I think, is having a really good season. They're going that well at the present time I reckon there's a few disenfranchised Fitzroy people like Brett Phillips who may just be starting to think oh hang on I, I might just jump back on board here it's taken a long time but too late. the disenfranchised might become enfranchised <laughs> Oh, Jared, I wish I had have uh, maybe jumped on after the success of the yeah. early uh, 2000s. I could come again. Oh, I could, I could come again. But I want to ask you about Dane Sorko playing off half-back, who, I mean, you already had that, Nathan, to, you know, the great ball use of Daniel Rich, and Zorko's always prepared to take that sort of corridor kick, that 45 kick, to, and, and your ball movement just takes off from there. But uh, we know he's he's struggling a bit physically, but... Uh, it's, it's it's a great area, I reckon, for him to play at the moment, just the way he uses the footy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've watched uh, them play a couple of times and commentated a couple of times. I'm actually surprised that he, he gets through games. Like, yeah. he looks like he's in yep. a lot of pain. But then you check on the stats sheet and you watch the game, and when the ball's in his area, so, so impactful. He plays a bit like it's sort of death by a thousand cuts. Like, he's so... Um, you know, I guess pinpoint with the way he kicks and it's just those slight angle changes which creates the overlap for them and you know, he really gets the ball particularly off half back back into a really dangerous area where they can take it forward and really attack their forward 50 giving their forwards plenty of opportunity he's, 
Um, yeah, it's, uh, he's obviously added another significant string to his bow. We know how dangerous he was as a midfielder. He always had the ability to push forward and kick goals. And now the position they're deploying him in, I think he only, uh, he sort of adds to Rich's game. And, you know, I think as a team scouting them, you now have to make a decision. Yep. Who do you sit on out of, out of, uh, out of both those guys who sort of set up a lot of like, you know, they're the architects really for their, for their ball movement. I'm not sure it's his best position. You know, Jerry's out for me, but I reckon it's a smart decision given he's carrying his Achilles because he doesn't, he's probably doing, I don't know, 10 Ks instead of 14 Ks. And, and that may add up. You've, played through with an Achilles it's it's not easy is it oh absolutely yeah and that's what surprised me watching him run around it's um you know when they really flare up it's not easy at all to the point if you get a bad one you've had one Jared you're uh you really are you really do struggle to run um but he's doing a terrific job I probably tend to agree with you I think at his absolute prime if you had no issues you'd be playing him around the ball and yeah. pushing him yeah. forward to center because we know the quality of player he is but um I think at the minute it's really working for them, and uh, and if that's how best to utilise him with, you know, the issues that he does face with his body, um, you know, it's a pretty nice luxury to have. Mitch Robinson, he kicked one off the half back line into the middle last night. It was nearly the best kick I've seen this year. I mean, the trouble with nearly the best kicks you've seen this year is if they are a centimetre out they can turn around and be goals against. But uh, it just goes to show what the coach is talking about. He, he wants he wants flair. He wants having a crack, go through the middle of the ground. And, you know, if I'm the Kangaroos coach, I'd be saying to my guys, look, you know, those kicks are there. Don't be frightened to take them because if you're frightened to take them, you just go down the line. You might as well, you know, you might as well lose having a crack at yep. winning rather than just going down the, down the track. So is it a case with Brisbane, though, that we just can't make a true assessment until it really gets to the, the pointy end. I mean, this is a team we expect now. There, there, there's the, the talent that's built over three or four years. We expect them to be mm. up there in the conversation of the top four, top six teams. Their finals record is still in question. You know, can they bring that in the, the pressure cooker of big finals, their game style, their personnel? Well, I think the challenge is right now is that the Brisbane Lions are, you know, they're as good as any side in the competition bar one. And there's a lot of sides in the competition that, you know, may finish up in the grand final. There's probably four to six, if you're being generous. But all of them are miles behind Melbourne. And, you know, this is the, this is the problem. When you've got a super team, and we haven't had a super, super team. I suppose you could argue Richmond was a super team. But when you've got a super team in the competition, you can play fantastic footy. But can you beat them in the grand final? Yeah. And, you know, you can talk about finals records and all of that sort of stuff. Well... You know, that's okay, but I say, well, they've been good enough to get to a prelim final twice, and okay, they've fallen over, but they're not as good a team as Melbourne, and until they can beat Melbourne, then you know, I guess it's a moot point, and Melbourne's, Melbourne's got four or five players out of the starting players in any other side, including Brisbane. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting uh, challenge for all those clubs beneath them. I couldn't agree more. I think... Um I'm real bullish about them. I think there is scope to improve, but the question mark is going to be against the yardstick. Yep. And I agree. I think Melbourne is clearly at their best. Um, both teams playing at their best. I think they're there. I don't think they can be beaten, um, but time will tell. It's early in the year and a lot changes between now and, uh, and September, obviously. And, um, you know, there's a lot of luck that goes uh, into particularly winning a premiership and, 
Yeah, I think both teams you'd expect to finish top, top, four. top two, top four. Um, so hopefully for all of us that we get to see that match up at some point with both of them at full strength so we can make that assessment. But for mine right now, Melbourne are clearly the best team in the comp and Brisbane have got are doing are playing really impressive footy, but they've still got some uh, some areas and, and growth within. A quick word on Collingwood just before we break. I really like Collingwood. I love what they're doing. I don't know. One tips to the thought Collingwood would be in the eight, and I think they could clearly be in the eight. In fact, they could be 4-0. Last night was the only time they've truly been beaten. They've beaten themselves with their inaccuracy uh, in rounds three and four. So good luck to fly. I know he's uh, really disappointed with the close losses, but... They, they are doing a lot with what they've got. We know that they need a couple of people in the forward line, but they are still, you know, they're only kicking themselves out of uh, losses or kicking themselves out of wins with, through inaccuracy from midfielders as much as anything. So they've got a really exciting year ahead. Did they even need to play, though, Mason Cox last night? Nathan, did he? Oh, I don't reckon. No, I probably wouldn't have played him. I think uh, in some regard, I'm not sure he provides what they're after from... Uh, from you know, an offensive and defensive point of view. Potentially, he's a tall target, but whether or not they use him enough, I'd need to dive into the stats a bit mm. more. But as far as um, I think, I agree with Jared. I've watched them again a couple of times. I think they're one of the most impressive sides. Uh, you know, obviously with a new coach and what they're facing over the summer and stuff. I think they're a real joy to watch. Uh, we talked earlier about intensity and effort. You can't question that over their first five games and. Um, I think that's all their supporters, and I know absolutely internally as a footy club that's all they'd be asking for. And uh, I saw, you know, you know McRae's comments around honourable losses, and sure, you know, you need reward for effort at some point. They're probably uh, a, a fair few steps ahead of, say, a North Melbourne, but um, yeah, I think, you know, personally in particular, they're they're exceeding expectations, and um, and good on them. No doubt. Brisbane home narrowly last night. We were building up to North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, our AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. You can save with Beaumont's Easter specials in store now. We're getting a little closer to the bounce. Both teams out on the ground going through their warm-ups under the roof here at Marble Stadium. Uh, back with more here on AFL Nation. Stadium, uh, just a little shout-out for Beaumont Tiles. Uh, time to renovate. Do it now with uh, Beaumont Tiles at tile.com.au. Australia's biggest range of tiles, if you don't mind, delivered to your door. There's nothing stopping you. Beaumont's quality range of uh, every tile imaginable is at tile.com.au. Subways, uh, Timberlock, uh, Marble, uh, Mosiak's uh, Blues, Greens, Pink, Terrazzo, Concrete Look, Australia's best range, Australia's best quality. Choose off the top of your head. <laughs> what that? Jones is a major, he's a professional wow. renovator. You, <laughs> you're Beaumont man. Wow. You'll yes, absolutely. Tile.com.au. Fallen on a few, but they've never played any. Yes. <laughs> Jones is a master with the trail. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big Bit call. Of a radio, yeah. Not re- I wouldn't call myself a trader. Yes, you are. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Let's be honest. What's your forte, trader? Chippy or your... your... I, would cons- I would call myself construction manager. Right. <laughs> oh, you've renovated a few places, have you? I wouldn't necessarily say I've got any sort because of skill as seen, far as a trade goes. Jared? Jared comes in for 16 years or 20 years or whatever it was I've been working with Jared. He'll come in paint splattered. There's no job that he doesn't think he can do, I which is dangerous. No, not I true. Electrician, I don't go near it. <laughs> but you will do anything else, won't you? Now, electrician and plumbing, you've got to get the pros in. But Have you had a crack at that? You would have. No, not... No. no. <laughs> you'll paint, though, won't you? You'll, you'll oh, paint. Yeah, no, Uncle Dino and I, we're, we're savage with a paintbrush. He gets some on the walls, I don't. <laughs>
Gents, uh, just the, the bigger picture of just where we're at as we sort of head into round five. You know, let's, let's look at that table right now. Fremantle third, St Kilda fourth. Uh, Carlton having their first loss uh, last week. Um, huge Easter weekend ahead. What are we just making overall of the early front running of the season? Jonesy, I think it's really interesting. It's a really pivotal round. Essendon and Fremantle is a really good game. Fremantle haven't, you know, some people say they haven't beaten anybody. Well, they beat the Giants. That's a good win. They pushed and killed it. That's a good win. Their kicking wasn't great. And, they, and they've done so without a couple of the games without Mundy, and we know that they haven't had five back, and uh, they've had Tappener missing in the first couple. But they have got half a dozen or more really good second and third year players that are all going to come through together. So this may not be their year, but their year is coming. Their years are coming. Got two really good ruckmen. They've got a host of good midfielders. So we're in the area where you need two ruckmen now, are we? Is that, that what we're in now? Well, I think you need a, another ruckman stroke forward. Yeah. So whether or not it's Lobb or uh, whether Meek stays mm. and replaces Lobb, I'm not sure. But uh, if Meek's still in the seconds over in the waffle next year, then clubs aren't doing their work. I know he's got a contract, but uh, he's good enough to be the first ruck somewhere. But I, I really like Fremantle. They, they should go north rapidly over the next few years. Whether they can beat the, um, the Bombers here on Sunday is a real challenge because the Bombers, they've got some injuries too, but they've got to get their season started. I, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think I'm really bullish about Fremantle. I actually think there's probably. I think that the, there's probably about six teams in that bottom two or three spots in the eight, and obviously you can't put six into three. So I think that makes for a great season. I think Fremantle's in amongst that yep. that group. Collingwood's probably another one that we've already spoken about. I reckon Essendon have shown signs, and they're almost going. If they can get themselves going, they're another one. So, you know. Carlton's another one. Well, Carlton Secured is probably Port, another one. And then That's they've the got game North and Adelaide. So mm. if Carlton can beat Port and then follow up with North and Adelaide, which I know no one's an easy beat, but if Carlton can win this next three games in a row this batch, then it's hard to see them not making the eight. It's, it's just but hard Port to... beat them. Yeah. And the whole world changes, really. It changes for Port, yep. who would still consider themselves a chance. I mean, Port aren't going to make the eight from 0-5. But if they beat Carlton, then all of a sudden their confidence might come back. They'll get a few players back. They get Alir Alir back for the Carlton game. They get Robbie Gray back for the Carlton game. Do you think they'll win? Because their ins are really good. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about the ruck thing. I think there's a couple of teams that don't have two good ruckmen. But Sam Hayes has been on the list for Port Adelaide for about four years. So he's going to get a game. So hopefully, uh, you know, we see whether or not he's good enough. I mean, if you're on a list for four years, sooner or later you deserve to have your crack. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. The other side I've got a real interest in this week is... The Suns. I was going to say. It's a big game. Another team in that spot. And it's a big game for St Kilda. Because St Kilda, you know, outside of one bad game here, opening round against St Kilda, against Collingwood, they basically just surprised them, I think, and blew them off the park. Mm. They've rejigged their their operation, and they look pretty good. Yep. All of a sudden, Max King has found a way to impact games. I mean, he's got a long way to go, and, you know, he's got to impact it over four quarters, not just... Not just uh, one or two quarters, but they look really good. But geez, the Suns' form is better than their position on the ladder. Their game against Melbourne probably, some said it was because Melbourne were flat, but they sort of franked that form with their victory uh, last week. So that'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, either way there, Charles. I mean, for St Kilda, if they're, if they're having the year they want to have to get back to where they were a couple of years ago, that's got to be a tick. Absolutely. On their home deck, but for the Gold Coast... We're waiting for more of these breakout days yep. where they announce themselves on the road that we're actually 
you know, really going to take a significant step. So it's a huge gap. Is the contested mark inside 50 now all of a sudden becoming something that... Because there wasn't any taken for a decade. No one took any. But now you've got Max King, you've got Charlie Kuno, you've got uh, Mackay for Carlton. You've got a few of these guys that if they can take three or four a game, then it changes your whole world. And St Kilda kick into that forward line with much more confidence, I'm sure, with Max King playing this kind of footy. Absolutely. I think it's a trend with the way the game's played at the moment. Like, teams are hell-bent on taking the ball quickly and forward out of stoppage, which ultimately is isolating, you know, 6v6 from centre bounce. You know, you're isolating those forwards one-on-one, so the contested marking, rather than it being a pack situation or a 2v1 situation, it's a one-on-one situation to take contested marks, which is only... I think it's only been a benefit for the game. It's been much more enjoyable to watch. And, you know, I think the way footy's being played at the moment is making for such an intriguing week game situation season because every game you look at is hinging on... You know, the progression of one team, the the step of another team, and I think that's making for a terrific competition. What I love about the Gold Coast is that Stewie Jew has changed the way they play. They bored everybody to death uh, last year. Oh, there we go. That might help. But I'll just give you some numbers. At the moment, they're the number one long-kicking side in the competition. It helps when you've got two targets in the forward line. Last year, they had one. He's not there, so they've got two in. One from Carlton, one from Richmond, both going well. In 2021, they were number 16. They're the number one kick forward percentage side in the competition, hitting targets inside forward. Last year, they were in the bottom three. Number one, Corridor. Last year, number 14. Number one time in forward half. Last year, number 17. So there's big numbers over a four-year period period, four-week period, against some pretty good opposition. So Stewie Jew's having an impact. And you play that kind of style against a good opposition and get beaten. Mm. At least it's your style then because when you come up against opposition that's about your level or below it, that style's going to beat them. So you're not going to beat the good teams with it maybe, but that's okay. It's part of your progression to have a style that's going to elevate yourself to, well, the best they've ever finished is 12. So there are a chance to maybe equal or better that. Well, the style they had last year was a losing style. Mm. This is potentially a winning style. The time has come, certainly for the Gold Coast. You get an opportunity tomorrow against St Kilda. A break. Uh, we're not too far away. North Melbourne, the Dogs. Good Friday footy coming up very shortly on AFL Nation. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Here for Sports Power, your local uh, footy experts under the roof on uh, Good Friday. Brett Phillips, Dwayne Russell, Nathan Jones and uh, Jared Healy. The deck looks absolutely magnificent. Before we uh, dissect this match in a bit more detail, let's get a uh, sports bet update. It's time for an odds update. Thanks to Sportsbet. Sportsbet's bet with mates. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Here we go. Good Friday. Footy kicks off with the Bulldogs taking on the Kangaroos. Now, the Bulldogs have beaten the Kangaroos by an average winning margin of 69 points the last three times these teams have matched up. They're $2.40 to win by 40-plus in the big win-little win market, which has been a very, very popular selection. The Bulldogs, well, their season just hasn't gotten off to a flyer, but this is a real opportunity to put some numbers on the scoreboard there and get themselves another four points. Now, for your same-game multis, always popular. Bailey Dale, anytime goal scorer. He's paying $2, and he loves to slot them against North Melbourne. He's kicked five goals in his last three matchups against the Kangaroos. So your bets are Bailey Dale, anytime goal scorer at $2, and the Bulldogs to put in an effort today, $2.00. 
plus 40 to win by 40 plus. Enjoy the matchup and most importantly, gamble responsibly. Indeed, gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Thanks to uh, Sportsbet. Nathan, just the mention of Bailey Dale, just one of the most beautiful, pure kicks in the competition, isn't he? Coming off halfback. He'd love to be on the end of Bailey Dale more often than not. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's... Um He's a terrific player, really. I, uh, I love watching him play. I think he's got such a great blend of defence, but he turns that into offence. Not too dissimilar to, like, if I was to watch him, very similar sort of player to Corey Enright, yep. I reckon. And, um, you know, uh, obviously we saw how good a player he was for Geelong, and if uh, if he could sort of turn into half the player he was, which he's well on the way to, really. He's, um, yeah, he's a terrific player. Let's set the ground up, Jared and Nathan, today, how this one you expect to be uh, played, just with the inclusions that have come in and uh, the second meeting between these two teams a lot tighter. In fact, North got off to a bit of a slow start, but pretty much were with the Bulldogs for the uh, the other three quarters in the return clash from Good Friday uh, last year. But they're, uh, they're a better team, as we know, apart from one blowout this year. But what are we, what are we expecting in terms of the way the ground's going to be set up today? I think you've got to start. We'll get these microphones right at some stage. We've had three microphones on in three yeah. minutes, but uh, I've now <laughs> yeah, got on the ones that out. actually got batteries in them, so that's okay. Nothing could go wrong for um, me. I think, Jonesy, it depends on very much the midfield battle. We, we know both are under the supreme heat of, one, is underperforming, and that's the Bulldogs, and two, have underperformed except for last week, which is the Kangaroos. And you throw in LDU, Horn Francis, Simpkin, Marnie, most of them, well, they're all young, youngish, some of them are really young. Greenwood gives the experience. Stevenson's been around long enough now to be uh, regarded as a you know a young, experienced player. But they're up against a, a, a powerhouse. McRae, Dunkley, Smith, Trelaw, Bontempelli, just to name a few. So <laughs> there's, there's massive challenges, and it depends on what game the Kangaroos bring. If they bring the same intensity that they brought last week, well, then that opens it up for... Goldstein and Larky and Zeebel. And, and Larky really didn't hit the scoreboard too much last week, but it gives opportunities in that forward line. Conversely, if the dogs bring the same heat they brought against the Swans, we'll lock out. All of a sudden, Norton's getting marks, you know, in, on kickable angles. Uh, their smalls come into play. Eugle Hagen may get an opportunity to kick three or four. So it very much depends on what happens in the middle. They set the tone. They set the tone for the pressure and the desperation around the ball, and from there it all flows. No doubt. I think, uh, you know, I reckon look for Bontempelli. I think he's really had a, probably the last two or three weeks started to stamp himself again on the competition. Thought he was really solid last week. Um, not much more he could have done personally. And he'd be well aware of sort of where everything sits right now. Um, you know, I think the stats we've spoken about, you know, when we first, uh, you know, came on today, I have no doubt the seniority of that Western Bulldogs team would absolutely know where that sits. And um, I think being senior players and really proud competitive beasts that they'd be... Uh, They'd be wanting to rectify that and rectify it quickly. But what I think what makes this game interesting is the experience of those players versus the young and up-and-coming stars of North. And um, I'm really looking forward to that battle within a battle. And ultimately, I think that's going to have the biggest say in the game. Um, you know, we, we know the talent that the Dogs have up forward. As you mentioned, Jared. if the Dogs get on top in the middle, that is really going to 
provide plenty of opportunity to Norton and as we've spoken about um, you know that contested possession strength of the midfield is going to give them better opportunities to score and vice versa for North. Dogs out on the ground but let's say they don't get uh, the supreme exits out of there and North Melbourne can all of a sudden you've got uh, Tim O'Brien under some heat playing uh, early games for his club. Ryan Gardner playing differently maybe he's on Goldstein maybe he's on Larky maybe they go smaller down there and uh, rotate the rucks off the bench and all of a sudden they're, they've got some issues. Larky, Zeebel, Turner went forward last week, Goldstein. I mean, they've got some players down there, including Stevenson, who if they can get it in there and get it in there quickly and create one-on-ones are going to be difficult. So I, the only question I've got is what heat do the North Melbourne midfielders bring? If they bring last week's heat, then they're a totally different side. They took it up to the Swans. They were a bit off, but that, that doesn't matter. They couldn't have brought any more heat last week. Deserved a win, in my view. Played better than the Swans. But uh, it's another day, and it's another challenge for them. Yeah, Tim O'Brien's an interesting one, isn't he? I mean, I did that game last week. He looked a bit at sea and yeah. you know, was shacking back to the VFL, and he's been in and out and trying to find his place, I suppose, in AFL footy. So still, uh, you know, Alex Keith looks like he's going to be, what, a few weeks away now. So trying to find that yeah. right mix. Oh, there's some weaknesses down there, and that's, that's why it's... Uh, that's why we come to the footy that the two people in the lift that we came up with North Melbourne scarves on, James, yeah, they yeah. said, we think this may be the day. I've got a feeling. And that's why we come to the footy, because uh, everybody with different colours on has a feeling that this is going to be the day. And it may just well prove to be the case for the Kangaroos. It'll put a big microscope on the Bulldogs if that's the case, and the Bulldogs may blow them off the park. We don't know. That's why we keep turning up the footy. It's a great bit of being a fan, Jared. I mean, as a fan of Fitzroy, you went to the game most times as the underdog, if not uh, just about every game. And you always tried to build a case in your mind why you could win. <laughs> it was snuffed out sometimes uh, in the first 10 there. minutes. <laughs> we'll take our last break. We'll come down and really drill into this game as the dogs are out on the ground. We're just waiting for North Melbourne. They'll run through the uh, joint banner for Good Friday here on AFL Nation. A big clash coming up next. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. On AFL Nation, live from Marvel Stadium, it's North Melbourne. It falls the way of Simpkin, who hooks from the boundary to the goal front. Up went Zuha, down came Zuha, and he crumbed the goal. Versus the Western Bulldogs. All up for grabs, Montepelli, Norton with a flying shot at goal. He has snuck it home. The non-preferred. Right shoot. The Dogs get some reward. AFL Nation from Marvel Stadium this afternoon. North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs have just broken through the joint banner. It is the Good Friday Super Clash. We've all been trying to guess during the break what the crowd uh, might be. It'd be fair to say it differs uh, from all uh, all sets of eyes, but there's plenty in the uh, the top deck, and, and hopefully it will continue to fill as uh, North Melbourne look to try and bed this game down, and they need, obviously, to put together a magnificent performance compared How many do you reckon, to last Bruce? year. Well, I'd say we were around at least 20 there's a few in the top deck. I think if you've got the top deck uh, with a few there. Got <laughs> Jared was not 20. happy with that call of 20. What do you reckon, Big Fella? I'd say there's one in three seats filled, which would be about 15, wouldn't it? 16? Oh. We'll get the official call. I'm going to say 25. Ooh, okay, 25. One in two seats wow. filled. We might get uh, a few yet. coming in late. 
And are you going to believe the official number? <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, that's the question. Both teams completing their warm-up for Room Installer Room, Australia's favourite hot water. We go in the garage for uh, our match preview thanks to Autobahn. Autobahn has all your top automotive gear at uh, low prices and uh, Nathan Jarrett looking magnificent in the back row there, dressed thanks to Ringers Western. Ringers Western clothing looks uh, great in the city, toughs it out on the land and we are calling every game on AFL Nation right across the weekend you can also watch your team every game every round on uh, KO Sports uh, gents let's get into some key matchups for Illuminate Garden Lighting in a league of their own righto Jonesy give us your best uh, couple of matchups well we've already touched on the midfield battle um, looking forward to Tim English and the dogs midfield whether or not they can get themselves going in there and i think simpkin versus mccray would be a terrific matchup or simpkin versus bonton pally i would also like to see uh just as a, a development uh opportunity for davies uniac to possibly play on someone like bonton pally mm -hmm. um i think that'd be a terrific matchup in itself um and i'm also i'm intrigued to see who plays on zebel um, whether it's, you know, the, do the dogs go a little bit smaller? Is it a Cordy? Is it Taylor Jaray? Rowan Smith mentioned in the in the interview with him. Uh, who else did he say? Bailey Williams, yep. possibly. So I think that's an interesting one, and particularly if they continue on with him in playing down there, he's obviously going to be a dangerous target for them. He's an interesting uh, player at the moment. Bailey Williams, I thought last year, was one of the finds of the season, really had a good year, and I think uh, he may have been dropped to the bench at some stage this year. He might have even missed a game. So he uh, is looking forward to uh, some better football in front of him. Cherry's an interesting one, Jonesy. is the future for the Western Bulldogs, sorry, for the uh, Kangaroos in the ruck. He's been preferred to Goldstein a number of times. And I'd like to see Goldie go forward. I just think he's a much more difficult matchup than anyone else that they've got down there, save for uh, for Larky. And Larky, I mean, he's ultimately, if they if they to win the game, he has got to play well, and uh, he's got an opportunity because the key defenders isn't the great strength of uh, the Western Bulldogs. And uh, you know, I just love it when you come to the footy and you uh, you're looking at some of the greats of the game. Bontempelli is a great of the game. You can put two or three players on the bond, and he is still going to uh, chop them up. Bailey Smith is an exciting player coming through. Not a great of the game, but uh, could be one day. But they're the sorts of guys that could chop this up. And Dunkley's been probably their most impressive midfielder, uh, particularly over the last couple of weeks. Lots and lots of talent there, up against lots and lots of young talent against the uh, the Kangaroos. And that's why it's a good challenge when we come in. No doubt. Let's uh, consult the uh, Kubota cast uh, for Kubota together. We are shaping and building Australia. Well, the conditions are picture perfect. Under the roof, uh, the ground looks uh, magnificent for Pope. The better way to water Pope Trippies makes a drip irrigation a breeze. What about uh, for each of you? An unmissable moment this afternoon for Drinkwise. Choose to Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you uh, drink wise. Well, I'm not sure if we can predict unmissable moments, but um, I'm hoping Jalaki kicks half a dozen. <laughs> Because I know we're going to have a good game if that's the case. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd like to see Zeeble go again. Um, and I think that will be an unmissable moment. I think a lot of people will be tuning in. North Melbourne uh, supporters in particular would be excited about the fact. And can he go again with another handful? Horn France is another one. An unmissable moment potentially coming uh, down the track for kangaroo supporters. He's an absolute ripper. Yep. 
He's a young man who's, uh, you know, he's got a 30-year-old head on a very young pair of shoulders, Dwight. Who's leading the NAB Rising Star, if you had to count it now? Nick Dacos, Horn Francis, um, the Rash, Rochelle yeah, for the Adelaide Crows. You've got Nick Martin playing for Essendon. And your man yeah, from absolutely. Bowie's Bowie, going all right yeah. too. He's a contender. He's my it's a good man. field this year. Can well, I give you another one? Heath Chapman from the Freeman yep, Doctors yep, has absolutely. not been nominated yet. He has been near best on ground twice. He won them the game in round one we with the hand of the, the fist of God. <laughs> uh, um, so he's, he's one that's had a really good year, but uh, Bowie also has been superb. Bugle. Hagen's a contender if he gets his form together as well, so he's still eligible. So, yeah, it's a pretty good field. Just Mitch Wallace is the sub again. Just, Ryan, it's an you're interesting going to have to explain this to me. I don't know anybody in football that can explain this, but given that you would have had the feedback on uh, Midday Madness, you can surely tell yep. me how the outs, there's always an extra out than the in. How does that work? Because someone was the sub last week, yeah. and they weren't really in, but they were in without playing a game. So they stay in, but they're actually in the 18. But every club's the same, so mm. they can't all have that same thing happen every No, week. that's a good point. Yeah, I'm not sure either. <laughs> I, I know, Pythagoras look, I, I know give it's trivial, time, all right? but the person who replaces Gil McLaughlin has right. got to sort this out right. because it is one of the most <laughs> baffling things in AFL football, how you can always have one more out than you've got coming in. Well, let me ask you this then. There's a new term. It's called managed. Josh Gibkus. So he's not injured, yeah. and he hasn't been dropped by Richmond, the young guy, so he's been managed. Yep. So he's managed the new... Is that, that going to be a term now that we're going to... Will we eradicate dropped from the vernacular? Well, I, I suspect so, because it's uh, probably no good for your mental health. <laughs> and uh, we know that's uh, primary in everybody's thinking. Like, Sean Higgins has managed every second well, week. Yeah, I'll get it with a senior guy that might be able to cope with the word drop next to his name. I, yeah, it seems as if we're... Yeah, forget dropped. No one's ever dropped anymore. And just the thing with Mitch Wallace last week. So he came on and played the second half. We stayed on an hour after the game, and here he is. Running. He's out there for the full hour. Yeah. He's running laps. I don't envy his position, but I uh, I think he'd prefer to be there than at the VFL. So um, <laughs> yeah, That's a good point. You know, he's, he's right on the cusp. I actually really think he could bring something for the dogs with the, with the, if the opportunity presented. I think that's probably why they're sort of holding him in amongst that. Obviously, he's a more senior player, can yep. deal with the the situation probably better than the, than a younger, less experienced guy could. And, um, you know, he's right on the cusp and, you know, he may get his chance again today. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think he'd prefer to be there than, yeah. than not. It was an interesting call at the end of last year to stay. And he elected to stay. Could have got a long-term deal playing every game somewhere else. But uh, he has stayed with the Dogs, and hopefully he can force his way in and they get another crack at the at the flag. They're coming together, the Dogs. Uh, they are looking uh, as if they're on a mission. Body language tells us not much. We can uh, invent whatever we like uh, before <laughs> the game. But uh, the first 10 minutes will tell, because you could tell last week that the Kangaroos were on, the Swans were off, and uh, you could tell against the Swans again in the first couple of minutes two weeks ago that the uh, dog were ready to uh, rip them apart. So the first ten minutes is going to be really interesting. The final word, Jared Healy, Nathan Jones for uh, Shawl Unify, your national uniform and workwear experts. Jai Simpkin, Game 100, did win the toss. It'll kick to the right of your radio dial, North Melbourne, in this uh, opening quarter on uh, Good Friday. My final word is I'm here to see Aaron Norton play. I'm here to see the uh, the really good players play. Um, 
we're not invested in the win or loss, but I love watching Aaron Norton. I love his high marking. I hope he uh, kicks half a dozen. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.